0: Welcome to the Grow Your Practice Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. Everybody, Chad Maddie here with the Grow Your Practice podcast. And today we have a very special guest, uh, a friend of mine for quite a few years now within the industry, uh, Dr. Aaron Labauer. Aaron Labauer is the host of the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast, also, author. Uh, you've likely seen this just about everywhere, um, the, the author of the Cash PT uh, Blueprint. And if you stay on here to the end, we're going to tell you about how you can get a copy. Um, he has helped a ton of physical therapist in particular within the cash pay PT space. Um, move forward, overcome their doubts and fears, and be able to grow a very successful practice. So welcome to the podcast here, Aaron. Thanks for being here, man.
1: Hey, Chad. Uh, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's a, it's an honor to be here. And uh, I'm stoked because we, I, we just haven't spoken in a few years. And uh, yeah. so I'm looking forward
0: to this. Great. And uh, also, just to let everybody know, you also have your own private practice um, that is fully cash pay with your wife, Andra, correct? Mm-hmm. In North Carolina? Yep. 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 So so, um, th- can you talk about li- a little bit about uh, your roots? I know you've shared your story with me probably six or seven years ago mm-hmm. now, about how you got started um, as a cash pay PT, how you made that leap, and how you ever overcame your own barriers just to get started.
1: Yeah, I think. Um, th- thanks for asking. Yeah, I think especially it's important because most people may not know or whatnot. But I think it, I started as a massage therapist in 1999, and I had my own business and. People were saying, Hey, Aaron, you know, you're the first person to touch me where I hurt, you know, until I came to see you, like I've been struggling with this knee or back pain. And I've been to see chiropractors, massage therapists, orthopedic surgeon, had the surgery, other massage therapists, et cetera. Um, And you're the first person to touch me where I hurt. And I was like, really? I'm the first. And we're talking like you know, quad or traps or infraspinatus. like These aren't like really difficult places to touch. Um, and uh, so I started, it was like, okay, great. And then patients said, okay, when am I gonna finally get better? Well, as a massage therapist, I wasn't trained to give them a prognosis. I was trained to do really good manual therapy and relax them. And so my wife encouraged me to go to PT school and I went to PT school at Elon University and on my first clinical rotation i saw 43 patients one day as a student i was there probably from 7am to 9:30 something like that and it was i'm sitting there at the end of the day with a stack of you know notes like these were all like manila folder paper notes i was like there's no way in hell i'm doing this and there's no way anyone's going to pay me to treat patients the way that i already know they need to be treated so i have to start a cash practice right I didn't even, at the time it wasn't cash practice like i just have to not do use insurance and my CI, um, turned to me when I told him what I was going to do, he said, no, one's going to pay more than their co for PT. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, people were already paying me $85 an hour at the time for massage therapy. I was like, if I'm going to be Dr. LeBauer, I'm sure they'll at least pay me 95. And, you know, there weren't very many people that believed that that would be true, um, when I graduated a few years later, I had already planned to start my practice. So my final clinical rotation um, was out in California and the owner, Alan Ling there at PT innovations had encouraged me to build a business plan. And it wasn't like a traditional business plan, but it was more of like a presentation. Um, and i finished school i launched my business um charged 10 more dollars an hour people came to see me but at all any pt i spoke to said that's unethical you can't so much as breathe on a medicare patient you can't charge cash for pt you know it's not going to work um but but i knew in my heart that like there the other option wasn't going to be for aaron and so um what I did is I just kind of put my head down and, and uh, I started my practice within two months of PT school. The only thing that limited me was getting my PT license. And um, I just kind of focused on building it over the next few years. And people started asking me how I did it. And then that's how I got into the coaching business was because people asked me for help. And, uh, you know, that's the short story.
0: Awesome. So you're, and I, I think this is, extremely relevant for private practice PTs today or anybody that's offering cash services, which mm-hmm. even if we're in network now, we're essentially forced to, um, figure that out. Yeah. When you first opened up and you had the, uh, the patients coming through, I'm assuming they weren't physician referrals. Oh, yeah.
1: I get like, we get almost no physician referrals. When physicians refer us, it's almost never because we're the best person. It's because the referral desk has decided that we're the closest to the where the person lives. Yeah. And then those people rarely become our patients. So it's kind of like, uh, we get these faxes. We're like, Oh, we'll get to those later. Yeah.
0: So in the beginning, when somebody would come in, what, what were the biggest challenges you had to overcome and ultimately win on, on, on your bet because yeah. you placed the big bet and By the way, I just want to say, I admire you for sticking yourself out there, the character and the grit to see it through and persevere and know who you were and ultimately be authentic to yourself. So well done there. What challenges did you have and uh, how'd you overcome that?
1: Yeah. Phil, thanks for the big compliment. I appreciate that because not many other PTs who've been in it before me have like actually been supportive. So thanks, Chad. Yeah. yeah. You know, the biggest challenge is the same one that we still have, Um, but I'm going to go down the street and use my insurance. You know, my insurance is going to cover this. Why would I come see you? And so how do we overcome that? It's, we do it in a couple different ways. One, we provide a service that they're not going to get anywhere else. I've, we also have a, a program that, uh, you know, you can't get anywhere else either. Like, you know, it's not just in how we operate, it's not the treatment techniques and it's not the one-on-one time it we've created a, we, we start everyone with a total body diagnostic, which is basically a sales consultation, but that's what we call total body diagnostic. And then we enroll people into specific programs. Um, and so it's not just that part either. It's slowing down the conversation. And when someone calls and asks, you know, do you take my insurance? The answer isn't no. The answer is, may ask who's speaking? And we want to get to know people and find out why they're seeking physical therapy. Why is this knee problem important to fix? You know, because we all know, like, you can go to... Um, Target, Walmart, REI, CVS, and find a solution for pain. You can go to Amazon, the internet, you can go to the surgeon. Um, We want to find out their why. And then if we slow down enough and we figure out what's their why and why is this important to them, then we can create a customized program for them and give people an opportunity to kind of really choose us because, um, they know, we know where they hurt and that we can get them back to, um, the activities and the meaning in their life that they've been missing out on. That's like, that's the high level version of it. I think the kind of the tactical weeds version is you never say we don't take insurance. I never would answer that question with a no. Um, we're always going to that, answer that question with another question, Mrs. Jones. Before we talk about insurance and payment, is it okay if we ask you a few more questions to make sure we're a good fit for you? And in doing those two things, we're actually able to treat people like humans rather than numbers. And this is not—I'm not making a generalization around all PT practices, but you know, if you go start reading the reviews on any of the you know, like physician-owned practice pt mills i waited in the waiting room there's two stars i waited for two hours to see my physical therapist or surgeon it's like people don't wait they don't get that experience but then it's really hard because not everyone's had that bad experience to say hey our experience is better so what we have to do is we have to look at each person individually and make a unique plan for them but it's all based on sales and asking the right question
0: Great. Your questions are super powerful for everybody listening right now. That, that is, uh, yeah. One of the biggest takeaways is when we flipped over all of our scripting or whether we're in the exam room or at the front desk to asking questions first, before we start answering. That's great. Um, are you okay if I take a step back before we get into sales and marketing? Yeah. Um, so and I, I hadn't realized that before, probably everything that you were up against and having the enthusiasm, vision, and the stick to to go into Cash PT at at that time. Um, the, the was there something growing up where you had to be gritty, where you had to overcome, like w- what prepped you in life before that point to see it through? Was it encouragement from your wife? Was it mm-hmm. like, w- how, how did you know how to do that? Because it's very easy to follow the rest of the crowd and just, um, you know, go into a mill.
1: Yeah. I think there's two things. One, I grew up um, surrounded by physicians who had been it for a long time. So my dad had, I think had me when he, I'm 48, he's, 80, is he just turned 87. So he's 35, 36 years older than me. So they, I mean, they're old school physicians. My dad, his two brothers, my grandfather, my grandfather's brother. They were the kind of physician where they, you, you go in because, you know, something's wrong. And they examine you, they examine you for you know twenty thirty minutes, and then you go and sit in their office across from the desk from them and talk to them, and they basically spend it out. You know, like they had a real conversation with real people. And so there was this kind of like mindset of this is how you treat patients. This is how patients get treated. Like they get treated like real humans, not like a diagnosis or a number. They get at, they get, have time to ask their, ask their own questions. And they feel like, it's like, you know, like we have an actual relationship. So there was that piece. So I knew that, you know, when I saw the way this clinic a couple of clinics ran that I was in. I was like, I can't, I can't, I've already been helping people as a massage therapist who've told me they've been to PT and been to the surgeon and they've never been helped other than until they came to see me. I knew like I couldn't get into PT and just do what everyone else was doing and see multiple people an hour. I had to have a model where I could see people as long as I want, when I want, without restriction from insurance. And... Because I, wa- I knew I, I knew that treating patients um, in this way that I grew up with and grew up around was important. Like I was like, why would I do it any different way? So there was that. So that was this like my expectation. And my expectations weren't met when I got into I was like, wow, you know, like I went from <clears throat> massage therapy where we're we're struggling to be legitimized, and massage therapists want to accept insurance to legitimize profession and you know, into a professional physical therapy where I was like, wow, there's a lot of things that like massage therapy is doing better than PT. And why would I do this when I can, you know, people are willing to pay a massage therapist $85 an hour. Why would I go work for someone for 40 or, you know, like struggle to get 60 at $60 at the time I graduated, I think it was United healthcare had said, they're going to pay $38, uh, no matter what you do in North Carolina. And I was like, no matter how long you spend, no matter what you do, it was like 38 bucks. I was like, there's no way. Like, that's just not me. So there was that, that, that was the mindset. And then. Um, I started racing bicycles when I was in maybe 10th grade. I think I started riding my younger brother, David. His middle school tutor was a bicycle racer, and I was like, so I started riding with my brother Dave. I worked at the bike shop, and then in college, I really got into it. And I, you know, was never good at. I got cut from the basketball team. I didn't really get cut. I just got put on like fourth string. (laughs) You know, like I wasn't good at ball sports, or I wasn't like like great. I, you know, I I I think I started soccer. Like the last half of my senior year, I was able to. I started a lot of our soccer games, but. I, you know, there are 11 people on the field. I wasn't like, you know, one of the best guys, you know, and I, I wouldn't, I didn't excel, but when I was riding bikes and racing bikes, like I started winning and started doing really well. And I was stronger than most people. And I said to myself, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to see how far I can take this. And I ended up, um, I got to, in, in bicycle racing, there's category five, which is entry level one. And then there's pro. And then there's like Lance Armstrong pro. Like I was never the tour de France. Um, but it, I would go out and ride in the rain 45 degrees every day and living in San Francisco to train, to race bikes. And I made it to, you know, top amateur level. I almost turned pro, but it was politics and I wasn't like really that great. I was just a little too old. Um, but I think that's where I learned that. That the grit and determination, if you set a goal and you just go after it every day, like you're just going to outlast other people. And bicycle racing is about outlasting the competition. And there's some skill and maneuverability, but you just have to be able to, you know, train harder and smarter, not just all the time and outlast everybody. Um, And I think the combination of those two things gave me the vision of how I thought my profession, my, my career should be and how to go after and get it.
0: That's great. I appreciate you sharing those two things. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it gives a uh, good insight for where we're about to go. Um, with So regardless of what business practice we're operating with in the healthcare industry right now, we're, we're all in the new patient business. And there are multiple ways to get them from our past patient list, which we'll talk about here. I'd I'd like to go into that first, and then we can also go to the other extreme, which is cold traffic marketing. So when you're talking about a past patient, two most common ways are snail mail, which is what... uh, I still think it's there. Um, we certainly do it. And I know many owners do it as well. And then there's also email. Um, can you talk about how, uh, how you think about the patient list, the past patient list, the past client list, and then also uh, successful tactics or principles that owners can use in order to get the most out of their patient list? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yes. I think there's a power in in the inefficiency so all of our patients get a welcome handwritten welcome note and if and everyone who refers someone gets a handwritten thank you note you know and we will do a you know if if we officially graduate people we don't always officially graduate people if we do they get a uh handwritten note at that time as well um so that's most of the snail mail we do. I think snail mail is great. There, there is, there's great. I mean, all the Dan Kennedy stuff around that is amazing. Um, what we do a lot of is um, email, email follow-ups because it doesn't take a person to write it and I can send them efficiently. And I really started this when it was really just me. I was like, I need a way to be able to interact with people when I'm treating patients. And I think a couple of the important touch points are when people when they uh, let's say if they're just gonna become a patient we have an we have an application funnel that we've built and teach our clients um, how to get people to apply to work with us so there's Three different um, touch points and thank you points. It's one, you've filled out the application. So it's thank you very much for filling out the, you know, applying to, you know, receive a total body diagnostic at our clinic. Here's what you told us. Here's what you said you want. We'll be getting back to you within the next 12 to 48 hours. Um, Thank you very much. You know, it's just, we use one of the cool things about emails and having forms is that I can take their answers and insert it directly into the email using some specific code. So we do it at that point. We do it when they book. So when they call in the clinic to book or when we call back and they book, our person at the front desk fills out a a form with some of the answers that I want to get information on, like how they hear about us, what do they want, a little more clarity on what they want, what they're looking for, who they're scheduled with, et cetera. And then they get another thank you email. And then when they become a patient, our therapist fills out a quick form with the patient's goals and um and the program they're in and then they get another confirmation email. And then beyond that, they get a series of other emails depending on which stage they're in, welcoming them to the clinic and giving them information and pre-framing how this will work as well as um handling some common objections that people have like the, one, one big objection people have um not to becoming a therapist, becoming a patient, but after the eval is i hurt or that wasn't a miracle cure kind of thing. People expect like a one visit wonder or they're more sore. And that's built into um, a framework that I've created um, with like three phases of therapy um, that I deliver in email, you know, like phase one is we got to reduce the pain and symptoms phase two, figure out exactly where the problem is. And phase three is make you better, faster, stronger, and ensure this doesn't ever happen again. And we pre-frame, we, I use email to, um, pre-frame how this is going to work, preframe what's next, but also, um, request, uh, testimonials, reviews, um, keep in touch with people and patients love it. A few people, you know, very small amount of people hate it, but they're not the right patients for us. And they, they prove that with their replies and whatnot. Um, But I think that most people's fear is that, oh, I'm going to overwhelm people, but I would rather be, I would rather have more confirmation that I've purchased something or become a client of someone than absolutely nothing at all.
0: That's great. So you're doing essentially a custom individualized email for everybody that becomes a patient or is about to become a patient in your practice. Um, on the tail end, you talked about essentially like an NPS score, asking for reviews, something like that. Yep. Do you get into um, teaching or talking about util- utilizing, uh, the, the industry term is email blast, but a mm. but a one-to-many type, delivering value, delivering promotions, anything like that? Do you? Yes. How do you think about that, Aaron?
1: Yes, we do. And so the emails, just to clarify, the emails that I just spoke about, once I wrote them the first time, They go out automatically to every new patient without me having to write it. So I just want to make sure. And Chad, I think you understand that because you use this kind of email. But for people listening, it's like once I write it, when each each of these forms or each of these um, like uh, requests by patients to download our free book or request an appointment, they trigger a series of emails, and people get moved along that path based, and they get triggered to move along the path based on all the different triggers. Then we do do um, like broadcast or uh, blast type of emails. I don't do them as much as maybe I should or could, um, but we will do them to promote something. We I have actually, I've set up a lot of this as more automated. So doing something like that to me is, uh, it's not automated. So what I'll do is I'll create a blog post and then my team will produce the video and the blog post, And then that will go out. Once that's posted, it'll trigger an automated email blast. And in that email template, it's got a call to action at the bottom for any special running or um, to refer a friend, et cetera. So, um, but I do teach people to do that and I do that quite a bit in both of my businesses. Um, but it's not the only thing I do because that still takes Aaron's time on a repetitive basis versus setting up the automated sequences, which take my time like once, or maybe once a year to revise something. And it just works in the background so that I can go on vacation, ride my bike, treat patients, et cetera. Nice. Yeah.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Breakthrough, the leading platform for practice growth. Breakthrough has helped over 1,500 healthcare practice owners leave a bigger impact in their communities and grow a larger business. As the founder of Breakthrough, I've developed a library of educational resources on practice growth. These are based on my learnings from my own experience as a private practice owner, plus the experience working with thousands of other owners in the Breakthrough community. If you have a growth mindset and you're hungry for free resources to help you grow, check out Breakthrough's resource hub. Go to getbreakthrough.com forward slash resources, where you'll find on-demand trainings, tools, templates, planning guides, and a host of other free resources. Again, you can find these at getbreakthrough.com forward slash resources. If you're interested in getting direct support with your practice growth, Can request a free growth consultation at getbreakthrough.com forward slash podcast offer. Talked quite a bit about email there, and I appreciate how you talked about creating the templates almost like a mad lib style mm-hmm. you're building the template one time and then essentially the patient or whoever's scheduling for you patient representative etc yep. th- by filling in a, a form they're essentially creating the individualized email within the template that's going out mm-hmm. automatically yep. um, to every patient as they're coming through mm-hmm. and you also touched on email blasts or broadcast email there as yep. well um i i want to talk about uh, th- what's your The first appointment called the diagnostic? It's a total body diagnostic. Okay. So when you're doing that,
1: there is a- Chad, real quick, before we do that, can I give like a real quick, um, something easy for everyone listening to do? Yep. Great. Okay. So one email blast that I've automated this, but one thing that you can do is if you have a list, send it out and it's just going to be subject line is first name. And then the body of the email is going to be like, Hey, first name. Um, what progress have you made since our last visit? Dr. Lebauer? You know, and it's you can send that out to all your past patients, no matter when they've come to see you. And, um, people will either say, oh, I'm doing amazing. And you can ask for a review. They will say, I've been thinking about calling you to get back in, or they'll say, I'm doing great, or I'm struggling. And you can answer those questions and have team members answer them, whatnot. But that's one of the quick wins that we give our platinum mastermind members when they come on board is send this email right now. And, um it's really helpful so hopefully if anyone's listening it's you know you actually go do it but it's subject line first name or the subject line can be checking in and it's hey first name what
0: progress have you made
1: since our last visit doctor your name simple super simple
0: that's great we uh and i'll i'll back you up on that we i just told this story earlier today but um we have a similar thing called a single question email
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's within the last 30 days what pain have you experienced mm-hmm. um we sent that out on saturday when i walked in monday morning the front desk said um you need to turn it off i didn't know what they were talking <laughs> about as it and i said what do you what do you mean and they said we had over 200 email responses and we well, we don't know how to handle this so um yeah the <laughs> point that's a good one but, uh, yeah, it, it, any, the, I, I think you nailed the format there. Any healthcare practitioner that owns a practice, that is amazing. Just asking your, your patientless questions. And I, I loved your question there as well. We haven't sent that one out, Aaron, but, uh, I'll make sure that we, mm-hmm. we do so.
1: Yeah.
0: Awesome. The, your, uh, Oh my gosh. I just total, total body, body diagnostics. Diagnostic. Yeah. Okay, yep. cool. So you do that. Um, there is a, certainly a sales process. Something happens in the exam room to go from a potential patient. And I'm, I'm sure that it, are you selling packages of treatments or anything like that? Or is it, is everything? Yes. Point yes. To and to no. that point? So we're selling like a
1: program rather than a package. Okay. I, I think that You know is there another question
0: i mean i could talk about that but well yeah i'm not but there's essentially i'm signing up for a plan of care Mm -hmm. and there's going to be a a monetary exchange (laughs) for that what it, so most of us, uh, especially if we're in a like you were in your first clinical, uh, heavily physician referral mm-hmm. setting, where it, it it almost not that it doesn't matter what we do in the exam room, but there's always going to be more physician referrals. Mm-hmm. For those of us that are in the cash pay setting or we're marketing direct to the consumer, we have to be a little more uh, competent in the exam room. It's a higher skill set to convert somebody that has either heard about us by word mouth um or any other direction other than a physician referral w- w- how do you think about that um it, you probably had a l- lot of natural skill set when you first got started from your career as a massage therapist mm-hmm. but how do you think about that and what are the elements that you're teaching there
1: yeah the first thing that comes to mind is If you're, if you have an in-network or, you know, like more traditional practice, just imagine if you were selling physical therapy the way that we're selling it in a high friction environment, like how successful you could be. You know, it's like most people who are in-network just take it for granted that patients are going to come, right? Oh, I'm I'm struggling. I'm like, sell the damn thing, you know? So um, I think that that I I didn't start with a good sales skill set. And I wasn't very confident in my ability to deliver physical therapy as much as I was extremely confident in my ability to help people get out of pain and use my hands. And I think that the number one piece is, um, let's see, is is it when patients call, no matter whether they've been referred by a physician or self-referred, it's it's kind of finding out what brought them in today and why is... You know, why is Google or why do they, why is their physician's recommendation important to them? Because whether they're going to sign up, like, even if it was just a copay, I mean, if, if all we did was charge copays, like, we'd have patients out our ears, you know, but how could I make the most money? It's not the, it's it, to me, the insurance is like the milk and cookie, the milk and bread in the grocery store. It's not where the profit margin is. The profit mar big profit margin is, you know, the back end services, the wellness services. And if I position the back-end services correctly at the first visit, as Mrs. Jones, like we're gonna get you in for a plan of a physical therapy, plan of care, whatever you wanna call it. Um, and when you're done, I'm I'm quite confident that you'd be a great fit for our our Pilates program or our group fitness program, et cetera. Um, but however, we'll talk about that time, um, when the time's right, or towards the end of your plan of care, we'll talk about that program. But what I'm doing is I'm positioning more future with us than just like this, uh, knee surgery problem, right? I'm, I'm positioning, I'm creating more future and I'm stretching the gap and I'm positioning my continued programs because if insurance reimbursement is going down and, and physical therapists want higher salaries you know and and like the two don't match but i can use that to bring more people into my business and sell them something on the back end that has a much higher profit margin And that can be positioned up front. And that's where I feel like that's like where the, I think that's where the magic is. Um, It's not in what I do during the therapy, as long as I build rapport and help people. And and it's not what we do after it's what we do in the beginning to position a journey with us of health and wellness and not just, you know, fix something and passively fixing something that people don't want to take care of themselves.
0: That's great. Uh, Along those lines, I read a line somewhere in the prep uh, for this episode that uh, your mission was to help people avoid unnecessary surgeries. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that you're purpose-driven. Can can you talk about that mission a little bit, the vision that you have? Uh, Because I think we are uniquely positioned as physical therapists, as conservative care providers to be helping people avoid that.
1: Yeah, thank you for asking. I think um, there there was a time at which, like I went to the Summit of Greatness with Lewis Howes. And I, I don't know if you know Lewis, but he's one of these guys who was a football player. And now he's just like, builds online courses and inspires a ton of people. He's got a massive podcast. And I'm listening to all the other speakers like Brendan Burchard and um, Esther Perel and Eric Thomas. And they're like, my mission and purpose is, and it was this huge, massive thing. And I was thinking, I was like, well, what's my massive, what's my big purpose? And I've had plenty of experiences as probably you've had and everyone listening with patients saying, "Well, I never should have gotten that surgery. Like you've helped me so much. I I shouldn't have gotten that surgery in the first place." Like it's not for me to judge whether they should or shouldn't have. Many cases they probably didn't need it. But they've already had it, right? Um I mean, even recently I went on a bike ride and this woman was like, well, go ahead of me. I'm just stay at the back because I'm having major back surgery on Friday. And this is like major back surgery within a week. And she smoked me on the bike ride. I'm like, I don't know what kind of major back surgery you're having, but I'm unfamiliar with that, (laughs) with, with why, you know, like, I didn't say that to her, but I'm like. And people are being offered back surgery as, oh, surgery is just like, well, we just put surgery on the table. Like, we know you've got bursitis, but we can always do surgery. And it's like, you know, like the physicians and orthopedic surgeons, like, I I feel that this is almost, this is unethical, almost malpractice to recommend or even put surgery on the table and tell people they're the worst they've ever seen because as a physical therapist, massage therapist, it cannot be the worst they've ever seen because I keep hearing that from patients. And it's like the worst I've ever seen is not help people. And I think instead of me going after physicians and surgeons, you know, because they're not going to listen to me, you know, because whatever, like some physical therapist with a big ego won't listen to me either. Patients might. And where is the choice being made of who to go see to help their back? What's the patients are making the choice to, I need to go see the surgeon. So, um, I I really want people to think, oh, I need a total body diagnostic when my back hurts. You know, like I need to go see Dr. Bauer. I need a total body diagnostic. But I realized, I was sitting there at this conference and I said, you know what, if I can help a million people avoid unnecessary, expensive imaging and unnecessary surgery, that'll, that'll be great. And then I was like, well, I've been treating patients for 20 years and I've probably seen, you know, 100, maybe 200 people a year. And I was like, that number, now that number becomes really small. And I said, okay, if... A physical therapist only treats patients for 10 years. They see half as many people as I do work half as hard as me. You know, I need to, you know, like, I need to help 55,000. 000- physical therapists be successful in marketing directly to patients so that together we can help 100 million people worldwide avoid expensive imaging and unnecessary surgery and these are the surgeries that like make you want to bang your head against the wall like you know we're just like let's just go in there and scope it just to see what's wrong like i had a patient who had who came to me um after two ankle surgeries he had sprained his ankle and had been It hurt for a few months. So they did a a scope just to see what was wrong. (laughs) And then six months later, a year later, he had a second surgery to clean out the scar tissue from the first surgery. And he'd come to me and he's like... Well, I've been taking opioids and I can't get off of them because I travel multiple times a month for work and when I go to China, they won't get pre-pandemic that they, they won't give me extra to take with me to last me so I'll either be in withdrawal while I'm on a work trip or um, they look at me like I'm a, a drug addict you know and he, he can't get he can't get a prescription that's gonna you know it's like it, but they didn't give him any other options. And it's just heartbreaking to me. And there's, I've just seen too many people with these same stories tell me the same thing. And like, it can't, it, what, Aaron doesn't have influence over the providers who are recommending these crazy interventions, but I can influence other physical therapists and influence patients decision through the marketing
0: and sales strategies that we both know and talk about. So That's great. Cool. Yeah. I, um, I almost think we have a, not almost, I absolutely think we have a moral responsibility, with our code of ethics, of anybody that is in conservative professional um, healthcare, to ultimately educate the patient. And I mean that. And when we talk about marketing, that's really what we're talking about is patient education. The uh, one of the most common questions that I get, Aaron, and I'm sure you get it a lot as well, is What's the, so I'm just starting out, I'm in private practice, I'm in cash pay, I'm in network, doesn't, uh, the, the setting doesn't really matter, but they'll say, you know, the people will ask, what's the number one thing? what's the most successful marketing strategy I should be doing right now? Or what's, what's my first step? How do you answer that question typically? And uh, get people started thinking about marketing the right way?
1: Yeah, I think the first there's, there's the short term and then the long-term strategy. And I think the short term, like how do I get patients in the door right away when I'm starting or promoting something new? And it's, you know, you got to get in front of people. You got to get in front of people and it's not just patients, but it's become a local expert and celebrity um it's the principle of like the dream 100 you know it's like who are the top 100 people in your area that have customers and clients who are your patients but you can't do that unless you know who your patients are you have you have a specific avatar and you know what who you help and what you help them do i mean you know who you help and what you help them do then i can go find the other people who have those same people who aren't helping them do the exact same thing or aren't helping them in the exact same stage. Um, like I might not come to see another physical therapist unless I have a very, unless maybe I'm a pelvic floor therapist and you're orthopedic and, you know, then you might be part of my dream 100, but I'm going to go after, you know, yoga studio owners, fitness professionals. I'm going to go after health food store, um, owners, et cetera. Like, um, they're all going to be, so I want to get in front of them and then run some, you know, it's not just to run a workshop, but you teach workshops really well. It's how can I provide them value? And then they like, Hey, by the way, you know, I teach. A workshop on back pain, do you think your clients or you know people would be interested in me coming and do that for you sometime? And they're like, oh yeah, that'd be great. We'd love you to do that. And then that's a great way to get those first people in the door. Um, but then the long-term strategy for me is building the follow-up email marketing systems that we talked about earlier. And if we do that and combining the two, I mean, that's what makes it so that I don't actually have to do active marketing in my business to keep it where I want it. Um, if I want to grow it quickly, I have to do some more active marketing, but I might actually even teaching my staff how to do that so that they can do that part. And I don't, Aaron doesn't have to do that. The, Are you okay
0: if I ask you some questions about Please. the Cash PT blueprint? Yes, absolutely. Great. So um, for those of... For the listeners that haven't read it before, um, let's talk about who the who the book is really for. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, can you get into that? Yeah, who it's I wrote not for. Yeah,
1: yeah I, so it's a great question. So I have a I have a book. It's called the Cash PD Blueprint, and it's companion to the course I created about was it eight how many years ago in 2013 we, uh we, we launched.
0: A, <laughs> we launched i think a, a few months apart so yeah uh, the first course yeah. is yeah, yeah. pretty close. so
1: i launched my first course um back then 2013 and it was for it originally it was for pts who just wanted to start cash based or for PT people people were coming to me aaron i've got a i've got an in business and it's and i want to convert to cash and so a few years later, I wrote the book and it's a companion to it. So it goes over a lot of the same principles. It's got some different stories in it, but really it's for physical therapy business, physical therapists who want to either launch a six-figure cash practice or physical therapy business owners who want to um, take their cash practice and scale it up. And it, and even if you're in network, there's like I said, there's things in there that you can learn because of the sales and marketing strategies that we're doing that You know, like I marketing to physicians, I tried it and it didn't work for me because they were like, well, I'm not going to send patients to you because you don't take their insurance. And it was like gate closed. Um, I didn't even have to bring them birthday cakes or whatever, (laughs) you know, like I was like, that's not going to work. Um, and it's really, it's for, I wrote it because, um, I think coming from another healthcare profession from massage therapy, there are a lot of things missing in my education as a PT in what was being taught about sales, about, um, how do we treat patients? How do we, um, build a business, a very simple business, not an overly complicated business. Um, that was one thing for me as others, like insurance is going to complicate my life because I'm gonna have to hire a couple other people to help me file claims. And I was starting from scratch when everyone told me I couldn't do it. Um, so really it's it's written for anyone who has an interest in helping more people, but also generating more income and revenue for yourself through cash-based services or through a fully hundred percent cash practice.
0: That's great. So as p pe- and I like how you said uh it was set up as a companion to the course, which is great. The let's let's just stick with the top three what are the Mm -hmm. top three things when people are making the conversion over Mm -hmm. and also appreciate what you said because since that time now five thousand or seventy five hundred dollar deductibles per year and hsa programs they're all new right so even if we are in network as many clinicians still are we're, we're still forced to do the have the same sales and marketing competencies right um can you talk about the in in terms of the conversion, what are the top three things, top three barriers that get in the way to prevent practices from successfully adding on a cash pay service mm-hmm. or transitioning over to a cash pay practice?
1: Yeah. Mindset. Mindset, mindset.
0: Okay, great. Three. So it and and how do you teach that? Do you use like self-limiting beliefs or
1: yeah, I think there's three things. There's there's um a couple of different ones. I'm trying to remember them. I, I know them, but There's give to get. You have to give in um, exchange for something in return. So I have to give value up front, give results in advance. You know, like, for example, if you sent that, if you already typed out that email I talked about earlier and you send it, like, hopefully I've given you some results. And then maybe you you know, or I'm sure Chad has done that too. I mean, coming to this podcast and listening, he's like, if you're getting some knowledge or inspiration, you're gonna be like, yeah, I'm gonna go work for Chad because Chad's helped me a ton. Like results in advance. I do that for my patients too. But that's the most People come out of school with a take mindset. They just like, I'm going to go to physicians and ask for referrals. Like you don't ask for referrals. We need to give them. Like we need to make their day easier. And Chad, I learned a lot of. I learned some of this from you. It's like you go in, and the way that you were doing the marketing is like, how do we make it easier for them to refer to us? You know, any of those things. It's like, okay, so we have to give. We have to give without expectation. And we have to have this mindset of, I'm going to give so much value up front that there's no way you would choose another physical therapy practice, whether that's in one of our workshops, through their email marketing, through our Facebook page or Facebook groups, a clinic podcasts, etc. So that's one. Then there's the mindset of, you know, like the I'm a doctor or I'm a primary care provider, like I'm a physical therapist who can evaluate you and help you make a decision. I'm not worried about conflicting uh making a making a recommendation that conflicts with someone else because as soon as i'm worried that i'm that the physician might get mad at me for telling the patient you know what this really isn't (laughs) bursitis this is actually like a hip instability problem or an ankle issue like i know they might say it's bursitis but that's why the injection didn't work we're going to do it this way and then the physician calls and gets mad and they're like how dare you tell my patient that they have something else i'm never sending you um, I'm never sending you any patients again. Okay, great. But if I go into this with a scarcity mindset that... Um, so maybe the next thing is abundance, right? They tie together. That there's not enough patients and physician A or B won't send me patients or Google or Facebook doesn't work and there's not enough patients or the practice down the street just opened up like my practice like... I'm also not going to have it. So there's an abu- you have to have an abundance mindset. There's plenty of money in the world. There's plenty of patients who need us. I mean, what, 7% of people with back pain who see their phys- primary care physician get referred to PT. Like there's plenty of people who need us. So we have to go out and find our customers, find the money, um, find the people that need our help. And that's our like job as business owners to do that. And so... If one of the best ways I can serve you is to do like a laser technique, a needling technique, a massage technique, and insurance isn't going to cover it, well, you know, I'm not going to say, "Oh, but you know, you I recommend this, but insurance won't cover it." Like that's dismissing it and decreasing the value. It's Mrs. Jones. This is absolutely something that you need and would benefit you, um, so that you can get back to CrossFit and feel better, faster, stronger, and like a good role model for your kids. The good news is your insurance covers half of your treatment plan or, you know, your treatment plan is, you know, $3,000 and it includes PT and Pilates and all these extra things. And your insurance is going to cover, you know, 10% of it. That's great. You know, it's like, it's like the mind that's the, the mindset. It's, it's all about um, what, how we value ourselves and that we are worth hundreds of dollars per hour, not just a copay. And that's where I think a lot of people struggle, Chad, is that coming from. I think not many people went into business ownership right out of school, like knowing, hey, I'm going to do this. They they got a job and they're like, it's, it's not giving me what I want. I'm going to go start my own practice because I can do this better. Right. So, but we came from a place where we were worth a copay and now an insurance is telling us we're not even, you're not even worth a copay because, you know, we're not even going to reimburse you part of, you know, like anything because the copay is so high. And then we're like, okay, great. So now I want to charge a cash-based services and I'm going to undervalue and undercharge myself and undersell myself. But what we have to do is we have to look at what the patients get out of this part of the journey. Um, And if we can help them restore their life and, you know, get their life back, like that's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars to them. It's just, you just don't pay to, you know, like you, there's no, there's no bank that when you go into the, uh, get surgery and say, Hey, look, if you pay a hundred thousand dollars, I guarantee you won't get a hospital born infection and if you pay two fifty you won't die. Like that just doesn't happen in healthcare, but people would drop a million i'd I'd figure out like if i need this i'd pay a million dollars to make sure i came out alive on the other end Um, but people don't come out alive on the other end of surgeries um and so i as you said it's our ethical ethical obligation i believe it's our ethical obligation to learn how to sell physical therapy because once we do that then people will know like we're the best at least the best first 10 stops before surgery um because not all pt is the same and it all starts with the mind. That's all mindset driven. Then the rest is logistics around how do I
0: just charge for something and what do I call it? And how do I deliver it? That's great. Uh, love what you said there. Mindset, 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 quick summary. Number one was value, give value to get value. Uh, two was a combination of don't disparage, but operating with the scarcity mindset, why fight over the 7% versus Having an abundance mindset and going after figuring out how to go after the ninety-three percent.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And valuing our expertise because our ability to make decisions with our patients, not just for our patients but with our patients, is um, highly undervalued by other people, and so we undervalue it ourselves. But. If I can keep people from, I mean, I know people who've been in, uh, through to orthopedic surgeries, you know, and come out, not, not come out on the other end, come out on the other end without feeling in the limb with a blood clot, you know, with a hospital born infection. Um, and some people, and then the majority of people just come out and like, nothing's different. And then some people, it, it, and then there's a plenty of people that helps, but there are surgeries that are necessary, but there's surgeries that, you know, we all know
0: are like just for sport. Yeah. Spinal fusion's the biggest one in our area. Yeah. And uh, a lot of what you said there, you're the worst I've ever seen. I don't know how many yeah. times I've heard that. <laughs> but the uh, spinal fusion average price here in central PA is $114,000. Wow. That's reimbursement. That's not charge. That's what... Uh, Oh, yeah the cost of it and then uh success rate is 30 percent rate <laughs> of second surgery needed like you talked about with the ankle scope um second surgery needed within five years is 70 percent so uh that not <laughs> if you would just look at that on paper the specs of the surgery nobody would ever line up mm. sign up for that yeah. um dr aaron labauer you are a gem uh, this was great. You covered a lot of ground, you talked about email marketing. Uh, you shared some of your story too, which was unique. So I really appreciate that. Well, what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you or, uh, follow up with you?
1: Yeah. Hey, thanks Chad for asking it. The best thing to do is go, go to Instagram, follow me at Aaron Labauer. And if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't have Instagram, you need to get Instagram. You know, like you want a successful business, you need to get it. It's, I mean, look, I don't like QR codes either, but you know, <laughs> that's the world these days. Like you can't get a menu without a QR code. I'm like, I'm too old for that shit. Um, go follow me on Instagram at Aaron Labauer. Just put me into Google. If you refuse to get Instagram, just put
0: my name into Google. You'll find me pretty easily and to, just to spell that out for everybody it's uh a-a-r-o-n labauer l-e-b-a-u-e-r and also um if a listener wants to check out uh, the cash pt blueprint book what's the best way for them to do that
1: yeah you can go to cash pt blueprint and then uh, you just cover shipping and i'll send you out a free copy
0: Awesome. Thanks, Aaron. This was great. Really appreciate you doing this, man. Dude, Chad,
1: thanks for having me. Um, This was really awesome, and I appreciate you so much.
0: Remember to visit getbreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, Make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.